I'm a giant when I stand Ballin' like the Jets, startin' Jersey like the Nets To New York like the Mets, yeah I win like the Yanks Like the past, spell a check, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah On myself, yeah I bet, yeah I put blood to the switch, yeah From the East to the West, GNT Sports Talk How to show on the net, yeah This podcast is sponsored by JB Sports and Memorabilia. We love cards and so do they. It just works. Now let's get this show started. What's up, everybody? We are back here. It's uh, after while a super wild card weekend. A cr- every game was absolutely crazy, I might add. The six games we got between Saturday and Sunday Never seen this before. Super wild card weekend. Something to look forward to going to the future. And what a way for the inaugural Super Bowl. Uh, excuse me, Super Wild Card Weekend. So before we get started, Julian, what's up, brother? Bobby, what a weekend we had. I mean, honestly, all these games and stuff. Uh, a lot of back and forth action. The first day was much better than the second day. Yesterday, those last two games didn't really do it for me. They kind of went the wrong way. And for those keeping score at home. I'm currently up five to three, but we have a long way to go. And the first round is only one point. Next round is two points. We're about to see what's up. We have a big swing match with the Bucks and the Saints. Packers and Rams is going to be a big one. All these games have huge implications. You, of course, put the Bills in the championship game. I had the Steelers knocking them out, so that's wrong. So I'm going to need to hope the Ravens get through. But interesting week for the brackets for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of... uh. Uh, crazy things you were on a roll a lot of the teams i picked did not, did not yeah did not really uh play well and you know we still got a long way to go and we'll uh we'll see what happens at the end of this but right now you're up and i got some making up to do but let's start off with uh let's start off you know what i'm gonna start off with last night's game i'm just gonna say this i'm gonna you're you guys are about to hear me rip the pittsburgh steelers this oh, team was 11 and 0. 11 and 0. Unstoppable. Defense literally you couldn't pass on them. You couldn't run on them. You couldn't do anything. Yes. They lost Devin Bush, their linebacker. They traded for Avery Williamson. They don't use him. <laughs> the secondary oh, is abysmal since Joe Hayden didn't play. And the offense is so one-dimensional. One-dimensional. Ben Roethlisberger in this game, the first play of the game is a high snap. It looked like the Super Bowl. You guys remember? Uh, <laughs> I thought of that with too. The, with the Seahawks. Yeah, the Seahawks and the uh, Broncos over his head, and it was a touchdown. And already <laughs> not even three seconds into the game, and the Steelers are down 7 nothing. to the What a disaster. What a disaster. And then they get trickled down to 28 nothing. It really reminds me of that Seahawks-Broncos game. We hope you're enjoying the show so far. Follow us on Twitter at Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Again, Twitter Grunt Talks NFL, Instagram Grunt Talks Team. Now back to the show. The Browns literally have not practiced in two weeks because of COVID-19 has spread rapidly all throughout the facility in Cleveland. And yesterday, Kevin Stefanski couldn't coach because he tested positive. Mike Pfeiffer, or whatever his name is, Cypher, the special teams coordinator filled in as head coach, did a tremendous job. 
The one thing I am going to say about this, the Steelers are a fraudulent team. They're a fraudulent team. And I said this last night. The one thing I think, in my opinion, my takeaway from last night's game is Mike Tomlin should be on the hot seat. I took a lot of flack for this, and I don't care. I'm going to tell you guys why. Mike Tomlin, last night, fourth and one in the fourth quarter. This is coaching 101. I tweeted these exact words yesterday, coaching 101. In the fourth quarter of a playoff game, fourth and one, no matter what time is left in the fourth quarter, go for it. I'm serious. Like, come on. This is just – Show some balls, for God's sake. And here's the thing. Mike Tomlin's teams, literally, when they had A.B., when they had uh, Juju, still, well, they still have him. They had A.B. They had Mike um, what's it? Mike Williams. They had uh, Mike Wallace. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Mike Wallace. When they had Le'Veon Bell, these t- this team was so stacked on offense, they should have been winning consecutive Super Bowls. That's how good they were. And Mike, they just couldn't. They were there, but they couldn't win the big game. And it's my, this is my take. The Steelers haven't won the big game since 2008. They, bit, they were there one more time against the Packers in 2010, and they got blown out. But the Steelers cannot win the big game. And this team, I really thought, could have been a team that could have taken down the Kansas City Chiefs. And early on in the year, I did say that. I said that the Pittsburgh Steelers would take down the Kansas City Chiefs. I backed that, backtracked that a few weeks ago, and I'm glad I did because this Steelers team's fraudulent. They're abysmal. Uh, the one thing I am going to say this, they got playmakers. I'm going to tell you, Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm a huge fan of him. I think he has a bright future. He's a free agent. All th- those comments that he said about the same old Browns, that was just foolishness. Just keep your that mouth was shut and stop with the TikTok nonsense and just play <laughs> football. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this, last night in his last what could be his last game in a Steelers uniform. He was tremendous. He had eight or nine catches, 158 yards, uh, had a touchdown. He, you know what? Listen, he, he responded a lot of people and he just had under a thousand yards, under a hundred receptions on the year. He can really make a difference for a team going forward. But the one thing this Steelers team that I just don't see and last night proved it, they need to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. He turns the ball over way too much. He is not what he used to be, and these injuries have come back to bite him. It's just not the same, and it's it's unfortunate, but I'll, I'm just going to give credit where credit's due to the Cleveland Browns real quick. The run game of Nick, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt was unstoppable last night. Jarvis Landry Juice came up to play right when he needed to and did exceptional and Baker Mayfield deserves all the credit. Everyone's giving him flack. Oh, you know, when he was drafted, he could be like, oh, the second coming of Johnny Manziel. Those two don't even deserve to be in the same sentence. Baker Mayfield's oh. a – I said this last night to um, uh, Dan Spavero called me. Shout out to Dan. He called me while the game was happening. And I told him this. I said that Johnny Manziel's best day doesn't even compare to Baker Mayfield's bad day. Like, it, No, it's, not in the NFL. No, exactly. So – Baker, great, tremendous. They're moving on against the Chiefs in a tall order for them, but give credit where credit's due. I'm going to say a few things here, and I like a lot of stuff that you said here. But Mike Tomlin on the hot seat, you know what? I'm not going to go there yet, but it's close. I'm not going to kill you for it either. I think you're closer to being right than wrong, honestly. Because, I mean, how many times are they going to go through the same thing with him? 
I mean, yes, they make the playoffs all the time, but where are they going really? And last year he did well with everything that happened with all the injuries with the quarterback going eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges was a miracle. I don't even, I mean, honestly, you got to give him credit for that. But honestly, the real problem isn't him. It's Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger's finished. Roethlisberger threw four picks yesterday. I don't even care about the 500 yards. It was all stat padding because they couldn't run the ball. They had to throw it. The mm-hmm. Browns were giving up half these plays, just letting them have it to waste time, honestly, and tackling them underneath. I mean, Roethlisberger was god-awful yesterday. He honestly should retire right now, but he has $40 million on the table for next year. So I don't think that's going to happen. He says he's going to talk over with the family. Is there a slight chance he leaves the money in the table? I think it's pretty low. What do you think? Uh, I'm just going to tell you this. You know what? He has a $41 million cap hit next year. So the Steelers who don't have that much cap space, I can tell you right now, this year's cap space in the NFL, we've we've talked about this, is that there's only basically uh, – four teams that can basically do anything in free agency. And that's the jets, um, the Colts, the Jaguars and the Patriots who have four most, fourth <laughs> Two most out of four, brother. Yep, exactly, bro. So um, <laughs> let's have some fun. Yeah, exactly. So with the Steelers, <laughs> like I'll pull this up right now, Ben Roethlisberger at his age, what he's shown, I, I don't like it. I just don't see it. It's terrible. It's really bad. And at a $41 million cap hit, You've got to move on. You've got to figure it out. And I said this yesterday, Sam Darnold should be the guy. They should be calling the Jets. I want a first-round pick from the Steelers because I don't want to send them to the Steelers. I don't want to send them to the Steelers. You don't want to send them to the Steelers because you think Juju's going to stay, right? No, it's not even that. I'm okay with letting him stay because I'm turned off by Juju's antics. I don't know how that would play in New York at this point. He's talking way too much. He gave the Browns bulletin board material. They responded. Mm-hmm. They shoved it down his throat. They embarrassed right. him. Despite the fact he had a great game, it didn't matter because they lost. The Browns wanted to prove a point, and they made a big statement. And they really showed up. And the Steelers' defense was abysmal. Despite the fact that they were put in bad positions, they could not stop anything. I mean, Nick Chubb only had 76 yards, but he did catch 70 yards in a touchdown. So he did a lot of damage still. Jarvis Landry was fantastic, like you said. Close to 100 yards and a touchdown. He's made a big difference. We've already hit this nail on the head a million times, but the Browns just have to trade Odell Beckham because Baker may feel so much better without him. Yeah. Played basically flawless yesterday and three touchdowns, quarterback rating 93. Actually, that's a QBR. The rating was 115. He was fantastic. And I got a lot of flack for this. And this has to go back with Sam. I said Baker is better than Sam Darnold. And I didn't think I would say that, but it's true. Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Darnold. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen are all better than Sam Darnold. I had some brushback saying it's the coaching. The Jets stink. Um, yes, we stink. We haven't put them in the right position. But they those guys have all shown more still. Baker Mayfield was playing with a makeshift offensive line yesterday. He had two practices. Their head coach wasn't even in. It was a special teams guy. Baker said he, like, talked to the guard after the game and said, nice to meet you. Like, what? And he was still able to get through it. Basically played a perfect game. It didn't matter. He didn't let it phase him. He could have crumpled. He, he played horribly against the Jets. But what did he do? He responded, and he proved a point, and he shut everyone up. Baker Mayfield earns a lot of my respect. Even if he gets smoked against the Chiefs next week, which I expect to happen, Baker Mayfield has done great this year. Yeah, I agree uh, that the Browns definitely need to trade um, Odell because – 
it's clear that Baker's a much better player without him on the field, and it's proven. They're going to the divisional round. And not saying yeah. if ba- if Odell wasn't on the field, they wouldn't be here because they definitely still would. Yeah, but exactly. It's just Odell just doesn't click with with Baker, and it's obvious. And I think that much. they would both benefit from moving on from each other. So, mm-hmm. real quick, I'm going to tell you this: the Steelers, you ready for this? They're over the cap by 21 million this year. Over the cap. So if yeah, they it's take, really bad. Yeah. So they need to hope Rawitzberger retires and Juju's going to be gone most likely. That's yeah, no, they can't. And Bud they, Dupree too. I'm looking at Bud Dupree for the Jets, maybe. Yeah, there's on here. There's three. There's four. There's one, two. Well, the Bears are eighty nine thousand dollars over the cap. That's that's easy. They're going to be <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, they're uh, the Saints. I could tell you this: the Saints are ninety five million dollars over. The Eagles are fifty one oh, wow. million dollars over. <laughs> Falcons 24. That's where the Julio th- stuff has been coming about. Uh, and Ryan, uh, but, one of them's going to go. Yeah. But yeah, no, when you look at this salary cap, the, the um, projection is 176 million uh, NFL teams could spend. And yeah, it says the Jaguars are first with 73 jets are second with 70 and the Patriots are third with 58. So it's going to be something It's going to be exciting, but with the Steelers, yeah, they definitely need to move on and Baker, um, and here's the thing too: the Browns have uh, the Browns right here with their cap space. They have about well, where are they? They have 24 million. And when you look at their team right now, if they take away Odell Beckham, whose base whose cap hit is 15 million, that adds they'll have almost 40 million once they get rid of him. Yeah, it's gonna happen. He's not gonna stay there. I don't think it doesn't make but any the, sense. But actually, the one thing I can tell you this, and uh, actually, wow, if they trade him. They don't have a dead cap. That they, they they should really entertain this because it's gonna happen. Yeah, they they're gonna trade him. And when you look at this, there's no dead cap, t- dead money hit, and cap savings of fifteen point seven five million. That's a that's a steal, and that's inevitable that he's gonna be moved. Mm-hmm. It's definitely gonna happen. That'll be a storyline to visit. So I think we should do something fun here. So. Final takeaways for the Browns and the Steelers moving forward. I think we should go through each game and give one big takeaway from each team, and then we'll move it forward to each game. So what's your one thing for Cleveland, one thing for Steelers? One thing for Cleveland, my takeaway from them is keep running the ball. Literally, they Mm -hmm. have proven, even with a make, with the banged-up offensive line, Kareem Hunt, who, by the way, just can't be tackled. It's just it literally nobody wants to tackle him. And Nick Chubb. Both of them running the football. That's the game plan. And Baker Mayfield on play action. And that's if you saw it last night, the play action for the Browns was successful. Keep doing that. Get the ball on short immediate routes to Jarvis and keep running the ball. That's my takeaway. And that could be a game plan against the Chiefs to try to limit uh, you know, that defense that pass rush of the Chiefs and limit turnovers. But and also my take away from the Steelers is that I'm going to tell you this, they need to, uh, they really need to figure out their quarterback situation and really have to agree, figure out what they want to do. Honestly, in my opinion, Mike Tomlin, he's not in the hot seat officially next year. If they struggle, I'm telling you, he, he needs to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face. Mike Tomlin needs to be on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just, they haven't done anything of significance. I get it. Division titles, whoop de doo They went to one championship game in 2016. Since then, where have they been? Nowhere. Something needs to be done. Mm -hmm. You know, the Steelers are very 
slow with their coaching changes. They've had three coaches in the history of their franchise, it feels like, three or four. Is it three? I think it might actually be three. Isn't that absurd? Is yeah. that true? Is it three? Yeah, it is. It's Noel, it's Noel Coward Talbot, right? Yep. Oh, my. It's- that's insanity. That's insanity. But that's why I don't know how quick they're going to move with that. But we're going to have to see. But the Steelers, yeah, I'm just going to make this simple. It's true. The takeaway is that Roethlisberger needs to hang it up. That's what. That's my takeaway from the Steelers. He was just terrible. He couldn't even elevate the ball. How many of those passes were tipped at the line? Two or three of those picks were batted from the lineman. And I think the Browns dropped one too, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a mess. And then um, for the Browns, it's Baker Mayfield. He really proved a lot to me. That's my takeaway. He showed, he showed his toughness, and he fought the reversity, like I said before. And I do think he's the long-term answer for the Browns. That's my takeaway. Absolutely. Breaking news real quick. I want to break Ooh. this because it just came. Is that the Cowboys have found their new defensive coordinator. Quinn. It is Dan Quinn. He has wow. now been officially signed to the Cowboys to be the defensive coordinator. And real quick, Dan Quinn got a head coaching job with the Falcons because of his success as a D coordinator with the Seahawks. Yep, there you go, brother. There you go. So I'm gonna help found, you share this. They they found they found their guy. So let's move. So what game do you want to do next, bro? Well, we do have some other news that's significant since you brought up news. We had to get to this at some point. Doug Peterson got yep. cod today. Doug, Doug Peterson got <laughs> cod, and you want to? I'm gonna make you laugh right now. Let's Doug Peterson had a meeting today with Jeffrey Lurie, the uh, Eagles owner, and. The meeting, the basically the meeting was to figure out what they both want to do moving forward and okay. the vision of the team. And basically the whole meeting was Doug Peterson telling Jeffrey Lurie, yeah, I'm not listening to a thing you say. I'm tired of telling you what to do. And Jeffrey Lurie said, yeah, get out. That's basically, <laughs> what the, meeting was. Basically, the reason why Doug Peterson got fired. Tell was, when, holy crap, I had no he, idea. he literally said to Jeffrey Laurie, I'm not listening to a thing you tell me. I'm going to run this team the way I want it. And Jeffrey Laurie said, get out. And That's hysterical. It was, apparently it's being reported. Oh that God. Jeffrey Laurie was going to fire either Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman, the GM. And he chose oh. Roseman over Peterson, which understand. Wow. So, that's but, um, but, but they are in cap hell. That's not looking good. No, either, that that's why I was gonna say you should also <laughs> put him on punishment for cap hell that he put you through. Yeah, I so, think he needs to get ground to like Nate Burleson was saying on the Nickelodeon telecast, Nickelodeon, which was yeah. fantastic, by the way. I thought it was hilarious. A lot of people thought it was like a little, it was a little edgy, I guess. So it was not for everyone, but we definitely enjoyed it. Oh, I loved it. I why I, I love the uh, I love the uh, Hey Arnold. Literally yesterday, real quick. I'm a huge. Hey, Arnold guy and Julian, you know why the show got canceled? I'm not going to say it. Yeah, we're not going to talk about when it. They show, when, they show, when they said, hey, Arnold, I was when they were showing oh, hey, Arnold man. stuff, I was cracking up. I was like, please show hey, Arnold's grandpa, please. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's just craziness. And then the SpongeBob references, the slimes, all that. It was so fun. I mean, they should definitely do that again. And also, I, Jules, we got to give a shout out to our friend Ian Eagle's son, who did play by yes. for Nickelodeon and did fantastic. Yes, that was great to hear. And and I, I noticed that too. And Ian was on the other game too, so it was so it was so it was a did, good weekend for the Eagle family. For yep, sure. and and the one thing too is they look and sound just alike too. Eagle was on Ian. Ian was on the uh, Colts Bills game. Yeah, he did Colts yeah. Bills. So and then yeah, I know they sounded so similar and they do look very similar. So that was cool to see him get the Nick broadcast. Nate Burleson was perfect for that. I mean, honestly, it was really it was fun. It really was. So 
we'll move forward. But the only thing I'll say about Doug Peterson, we do have to talk about him because the Jets have been very linked to him. And we've heard mixed things, a lot of rumors going around. Bobby, set us straight. What's the story with Doug Peterson, the Jets? And then we'll move forward. Well, I could just tell you this. I was just about to tweet it before this news broke uh, with Dan Quinn is Doug Peterson's taking some time off. So you're not going to have to worry about him coaching the Jets. He said this year he's going to take some time off, see if he actually wants to coach ever again or even in 2021. So he's going to take some time with his wife. So coaching, being the head coach of the New York Jets is not going to happen. So Jets fans could relax. They could breathe a sigh of relief. He's not going to be your head coach going forward. Wait, so, yeah, I saw that too. So he's just not going to take any interviews this year. He's going to talk. He's going to sit out this year and maybe pull Mike McCarthy, basically. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, that's cool. That works. I mean, I wasn't going to – it's all good. But um, I would have been okay with it, but it wasn't my first choice. But let's move forward. What game we got next? All right. So next what we'll do is we'll move on to the uh, Seattle and Rams game. And I will tell Love you this. this one. With this game, I'm very disappointed with <laughs> Seattle. I, I think that, you know what, the one thing with the Rams is the Rams' defense is elite, and they're legit, and they proved it. Russell Wilson, I thought, would be a lot better than he was, but this defense smothered him, and something's up with Russell Wilson. I don't know what it is, but he's just not himself. They they don't let Russ cook enough, and they said it this morning, um, early this morning on SportsCenter's, they want to go back to the C- Seattle Seahawks success, which is ground and pound. And they don't have a guy like Marshawn Lynch to do that. C- Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde aren't getting it done. So no, Carlos Hyde shouldn't even be in the league at this point. If we're being honest, like what are they doing with Carlos Hyde? I mean, come on now. They got to be better than that. But the no, one so- thing I'll say is this Rams D line was fantastic. Five sacks, Aaron Donald just dominating. Like always oh, guys, just a beast, two sacks, Floyd had two sacks. I mean, these guys, Fox had the sacks. These guys made it uncomfortable all day. And I said this to my brother, and you're going to agree with this. Here's where the Seahawks messed up, trading for Jimmy Graham. They never fixed the offensive line after they did that. Yep, that's true. That's, that's, what's, very, very that's true. what's messed them up. And, of course, the Adams trade, which now makes me laugh hysterically. They gave up two firsts for a safety. I thought he would help them win the Super Bowl. They lose in the first round. Like I said, he would go down. He went down. Cooper Cup made him look bad in a few plays. Got to love it. And the Jets, thanks to this upset, secured the 23rd pick. So I was ecstatic. This is fantastic. Yeah. It's um, the one thing with this that I'm very uh, – the, the, with the Rams, um, John Wolford uh, was taken to the hospital with a stinger. Uh, Adams, too. And, yeah, Adams played with a torn labrum and all that. He's getting surgery and everything. And uh, the one thing, Jared Goff came in and just – you know what? He did what he had to do and they won the game. Exactly. And the, the Rams won that game because of the effective running of the r- rushing attack of Cam Akers and the defense. That's why the mm-hmm. defense is, is carrying this Rams team because Jared Goff's thumb is really still, he just got surgery two weeks ago. So. He wasn't even supposed to play and he just no. had to because Walford went down. Now exactly. my question to you, mm-hmm. do you think the Rams still get that dub if Walford played the whole game? No. Interesting. No, I, I don't not, think. I would say I was I would say yeah. I think I'm, they still would have got it done. I think Wolford, you know what, he was moving the ball, but I think Seattle would have, you know what, confused him like they couldn't confuse Goff because okay, we don't, we make I can fun see of, that. We make fun of Goff, but the thing is he has a grasp Goff moment, yeah. is he's been in the league since twenty sixteen, so he's seen things that Wolford hasn't. So, okay, yeah, that's fair. So the one thing with that and also Russell Wilson, I'm just telling you this. 
Puy, DK Metcalf yesterday was getting pissed off. Jalen Ramsey's playing on another level. Uh, Tyler Lockett had this great one-handed grab yesterday. He's still making plays. But who else do they have? They need That's more the weapons. That's they, the problem. And I agree with you 100% about the um, the trade for Jimmy Graham. It was a failed trade back in 20, Terrible. 2015. They got rid of uh, Max Unger. Unger, who was literally the best center, helped in the middle of that offensive line, where all the pressure is happening, by the way, for Russell Wilson. Russell Russell, yeah, Russell Wilson is just not moving the like moving around like he used to, and it's really, really bad. So, but they need a dog running back too, like you said. That's a good point. Chris Carson's not that guy. Like Carson's a good running back, but he's no beast mode. They need a dog back. Like they need an established running back. The Seahawks, like you said, they got to get back to grounds and pound. Russ can obviously beat you with his arm, but they need a bulldog to run the ball again. Exactly. They need they need that bully running back that could really move the ball, and then you could really uh, let Russell Wilson uh, do play action, and he still could throw the ball better than anybody we see. But I agree. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you my takeaway from both teams. Here's my takeaway um, for the Rams is that Aaron Donald's a one-man wrecking crew. He broke his ribs. Uh, I'm sorry, he has a torn rib cage, and he's going to continue playing. That's extremely <laughs> painful. Ooh, that's and tough. My, my takeaway is that the Rams' defense is going to really make it life hell for Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round. And you know what? I like what I see from Cam Akers. That's my takeaway. For Seattle, my takeaway with them, please go out and get Russell Wilson some help and go find a legitimate running back. Do what you got to do and go find the guy so you could be more successful. Also on defense, go find some secondary because that secondary is not good in Seattle. All right. You're going to love my takeaway. The Seahawks lost to Jamal Adams trade. Thank you, Joe Douglas. That's my first takeaway from this game for the Seahawks. But realistically speaking, they need a slot receiver. Like they need someone else to throw a ball to. Maybe a better tight end. What's up, GNT Nation? Have you subscribed to our YouTube channel yet? Subscribe to us at Grunt Talks MLB. Once again, that's Grunt Talks MLB. You could also catch us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Now back to the show. That's my takeaway. Thank you, Douglas. And yeah. for the Rams, it's going to be what you said. It's the defense in the run game. This team can go a long way as long as Jared Goff avoids the big mistake. But it's going to be a big challenge for them next week. So, like you said, Rams sticks to the formula. Seahawks, thank you for the trade moving forward absolutely and now move and now let's um go to the next game and you know what let's go to the uh first game of super wild card and that's the bills and the uh colts this one was crazy the one thing i'm gonna tell you is the colts were there i'm so mad at the colts the colts were there that defense was smothering they did what they had to do still stefan diggs was torching them but i'm gonna tell you this i really liked how um Colt, the Indies defense, especially Darius Leonard, who doesn't get enough credit, limited the mobility of Josh Allen. And one thing I'm going to tell you is Colts could have won this game. Easily. One, the receivers could catch the goddamn ball. How many drops? That's what I'm trying to look at right now. I think it was five or six drops I counted. Let me see if I can find it. I got to look at that stat, but it was not good. Going on fourth and take the on fourth and goal. Take the easy points. You're up 10-7. Take the, the field goal, 13-7, to instead of giving it back to the Bills. And then they, they double dip and score. It's The thing is, the Bills, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. 
I wasn't impressed with the. I think the Bills. The one thing they got exposed. Their their mm-hmm. run. Their 100%. rush percent. Their rush defense is horrendous. Their rush yeah. defense is absolutely horrible. It's not and good. Next week when they play the Ravens, who can run the ball better than anybody, they're in trouble. I'm going to tell you this. So the one thing with the Bills is they need to shore that up somehow and quick. With the Colts, I'm just going to tell you this, man. Phillip Rivers might have played his last game, and all he did was ball out, did not turn the ball over, made the right decisions, looked tremendous. Should he give it one more year? Eh, I don't know, but he really did look well. Uh, I will tell you this. Jonathan Taylor is is a beast. That guy is just really good. He's got to get. He's a bit raw catching the football. He's got to be a little bit better. But I really he had a big drop too. I know. And the thing is too, uh, my one takeaway, and I'll give this is an official takeaway. Michael Pittman Jr. is a stud for the Colts, and he's going to be really good going forward. Yep, and he had his drops as well. Like every player had a drop on the Colts is incredible. But here's an alarming stat for the Colts. I don't know if you caught this one, but you'll like it. Colts are the first team in playoff history with 450 total yards plus more 450 or more and zero turnovers to lose a playoff game. So they made history because they were sloppy and stupid. Like you said, that play down the goal line was terrible. First of all, before we even get to the fourth down situation, why are we doing a pitch outside to Jonathan Taylor when the Bills can't stop him up the middle and you're one yard away? What are we doing going outside? We're outsmarting ourselves there. No, they, they were in a situation with Pittman trying to get cute. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like just hand the ball to him up the middle, and they would have ended up winning. And of course, Blankenship missed a field goal. They dropped at least five passes, five or six, probably sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a mess. The Colts really should have won this game. The Bills got very lucky. They really didn't impress me either. No, that no, they the, didn't. The, the I, only I'm... thing I'll say is that Diggs is still a dog. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not impressed what I saw from the Bills. If I was the Bills, I would be actually, yeah, you got the win. I would be in ba- I would be really upset and be like, you know what? The Colts, they're a good team, but we could, we've been handling teams offensively. And you know what? Our defense, which is strong in the secondary, I'm going to tell you what, T.Y. Hill, Phillip Rivers was picking them apart at one yeah, point. Yeah, Phillip Rivers was killing it. And the, really the, was. The, the thing is with the Bills, they really have to shore things up. It's not going to be easy against Baltimore and especially moving forward. It's not going to be easy. They got to shore a few things up, but the one thing I will say, uh, Stefan Diggs has been that trade that Brandon Bean made for Stefan Diggs is, is going to go down in history as one of the best because Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs are a perfect one, two combination. They're absolutely outstanding. Literally Stefan Diggs is playing at the the fact that the, the Vikings even let him go. I'm baffled by this because the guy is always, always open, always open. I mean, Justin Jefferson at least stepped up, but like, oh, yeah, still, it's no, not they, they hit, they, yeah. they, they, uh, they hit a diamond in the rough. Yeah, they got their did. finances right at least. I guess that's one thing they could say because <laughs> they don't have to pay as much. But no, honestly, you're you're right with all this here. I mean, well, Rivers played his heart out. He had over 300 yards, two touchdowns. Like he could have had close to 400 and then drop all those passes probably. Mm-hmm. And he's not the reason they lost this game. No, I'm tired of people blaming him. I saw a lot of people blaming him. If for people the loss. blame him, they don't know what they're talking about I because he kept I, them it's in. It's outrageous. I know it doesn't make any sense to me. He's the only reason he had a chance. How about Naheem Hines? Six carries for seventy-five yards. Jesus, he's a, what a he, weapon! He he is literally everything what and anything. A freak. He wants. Because here's the thing: when he <laughs> takes a hand, when he gets the carry, he he 
his burst of speed is crazy. And then out of the backfield, he doesn't he he had a bad drop, but he doesn't drop passes. Yeah, everyone had a drop. It's incredible. His whole team, Pittman, Taylor, Hines. You know, Jack Doyle really showed up out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting yeah, that. He, he was yeah. running wild. All tight ends did. Mo Alley Cox, Burton, yeah. and Jack Doyle. Yeah, you know, they run their tight ends in Indy, obviously. But I don't know what the future holds for Phil Rivers. I mean, I guess he could go again. Why not after what we just saw? Will he? I don't think so. But I think he could if he wanted to. My takeaway from the Colts is just sloppiness, embarrassment. Like, don't catch the football, honestly. You guys win the game. And the decisions down the goal line and the missed field goal, you know. For Buffalo, I'm going to say, obviously, the rush defense is what everyone's going to harp on. Rightfully so, because it was terrible. And like you said, we're going to talk about this in our preview show, but that's going to be a huge problem against Baltimore. But um, Gabriel Davis is my takeaway here, actually. Oh. John Brown, see you later. Oh that's, my my big, that's my big takeaway from this one because Gabriel Davis was killing the Colts. Four catches, 85 yards, great traffic by Buffalo. I'm still mad because we took James Morgan instead of him. That's just not cool, honestly. Like Our draft was pretty good, but that's bad. That's, we're not going to get over that one. That's terrible, especially because we need bodies like that. It's just bad. But back to the Bills, I mean, a win's a win. They'll move forward. Yeah, no, they move forward. My takeaway from both teams is with the Colts, they they found a diamond in the rough with Michael Pittman. I think that that's going to be their guy moving forward because T.Y. Hilton's a free agent. And Pascal, you know what? Um, He had that play. I'm just going to – real quick, I'm just going to tell you – that play where he caught it and got up, that was a fumble. They got they got a gift. Yeah, that, that too. That's thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about that. Like that was such a crazy game. There were so many things. It was hard to remember everything that took place. It, it like, was. It felt like forever ago. Actually, it was but, so uh, crazy because it was the first game. It felt like it took a while because all the reviews we had, but there were no penalties. It was a clean game besides all the reviews. So many crazy things happened. I mean, it's so hard. But yeah, that was a great point. I don't understand that call either. Yeah, no, it's 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 craziness, man. But my takeaway from the Bills is that they better shore up that rush defense against uh, Lamar Jackson and company because they're in for a lot of trouble. So uh, that's that's my takeaway from Bolton. You know what? Let's move on to you know what? Let's move on to my boy Tom Brady against Washington. And here's what I'm going to start with: Taylor Heineke deserves to start for a team somewhere because this guy came in here. Nobody was giving Washington a chance, and he kept them so competitive in this game. He played with an AC joint sprain. He just all he did was produce. And literally, the one thing I'm going to say is Tom Brady in the playoffs is a whole different animal. And Chase Young poked the bear. We talked about it with Martin Gramatica. And guess what? He didn't even touch Tom Brady. The only time he got any contact with Tom Brady was at the end of the game when he was kissing his ass. That's the only thing. The end of the game when he was shaking his hand saying, hey, Tom, great, moving on. That's the only time. So he talked all this smack, and he it was nothing to show for it. Tom Brady looked great. He was sacked. He wasn't sacked. The guy Payne in the middle of uh, the defensive line for Washington was wrecking havoc, not Chase Young. But I'm going to tell you this. Tom Brady looked tremendous. Everything for the Buccaneers was clicking. They were missing um, – Devin White, I can confirm right now from Jenna Lane, who is the ESPN Buccaneers insider. She said that Devin White will play this week against the Saints. And Steve McClendon, who was on the COVID list, a former Jet, will play too. But I'm going to tell you this. Um, Happy for him. 
Washington, they need more weapons on offense. Scary Terry and and Gibson can't do it by themselves and Logan Thomas. And but this guy Sims, Cam Sims was really doing well, but they need more and more weapons. I like the defense of Washington going forward. They got some dogs on there and they're gonna be they're gonna be in it. But you know what? Taylor Heineke deserves to be looked at as the future for this guy. He's young still, and he look at what he did against the Buccaneers defense, which was one of the best in the league. But my takeaway from both teams is that Tom Brady at 43 years old looks better than some 25-year-olds right now playing quarterback. And my takeaway for Washington is re-sign Heineke. It's the smart thing to do. Yeah, man. I mean, we were both flabbergasted by Heineke, but I got to go through his stat line here. 26 of 44, 306 yards. He um, had a touchdown in the pick. He ran for 46 yards, so 350 all-purpose yards. He ran one in as well. He was in control. He had command. Only one bad turnover from him. And, yeah, I mean, look, the Redskins don't have a quarterback, so I don't see why they wouldn't resign this guy and at least let him compete to win a job with whoever they might draft. Because we both know Alex Smith's a great story, but at this point, can he even play anymore? I don't know. I, I have no idea. He, and if he does play, what Smith are we getting? I mean, yeah. I respect everything he's been through. I'm not going to try to diminish him, but I'm not sure what he is oh, at this point. Oh, no. Him coming back is a great story. Comeback play of the year for sure. But that calf injury really bothered him. And you know what? I think he's going to really mull his future with his family. And to be quite honest with you, I'm going to be honest. I don't think he comes back. I, I, I just think, you know what, he, he wanted to prove he could play again. He did. And you know what, I think he's going to have a winning record too. Yeah, he did. He was, he's going to go down as one of the best game managers in the league. Yeah. He was like, he really reminds me of my boy, Chad Paddington, honestly. That's really <laughs> how I look at him. The very similar. And um, Chris Sims, Cam Sims, my, my bad Cam Sims. That's my takeaway. This guy went off, and I'm so happy because I just traded for him. It made me look really smart, over 100 yards and seven catches. So that was really fun to see. And I think he can be a nice part of their core going forward. Logan Thomas continues to produce. They found their answer at tight end. That's good for them, too. Scary Terry's going to do his thing. You know, Gibson tried to play banged up. He didn't really have it. You didn't see the same stuff from him. But the Washington football team has a great foundation here. They just need a couple pieces. Like, the foundation's there. The defense is amazing still. Of course, Tom Brady's going to expose you when you when you have all those wideouts because their secondary needs a little work still. But, you know, they held the running. They actually ran for more yards than I thought they would, especially without Rojo. And Fournette had close to 100 and a touchdown. Tom had close to 400 yards and two. Mike Evans went off for 120. Brown had a good day with a touchdown. Chris Godwin, despite his drops – played pretty well and then Cameron Bray really showed up and your boy Gronk wasn't really involved in this one just blocking a lot well yeah no he's he Gronkowski will even tell you oh I'm here to block baby that's what he'll tell you and (laughs) Listen, Gronk right now, he's I, I tell everybody this. Listen, Gronk came out of retirement He's because he's making nine mil a year untaxed and to just try <laughs> to win a, uh, another ring with Brady. That's why he's here. He doesn't care about his stats. That's a good point. You're 100% right about that. Is he done after this year? Does he have another year in that contract? I'm going to say, you know what, Tom's coming back. I will see if the Buccaneers really want to sign Gronkowski back, but he did look well blocking. But I could see Gron- Gronk after this being like, you know what, I came back. I, I enjoyed playing football again, but you know what? I think he – I'm going to say this because he's not going to go anywhere else. He even said it. He's like, it's either I play with Tom Brady or I don't play at all. 
And mm-hmm, I don't right. think the Buccaneers are even going to bring him back because they have OJ Howard back and they like Cameron Bray mm-hmm. and they could even go younger too. Listen, Gronk looks, look, you know, fresh and like not what he used to be dominant, but he could still play, but they right. want to, they're, they're going to move on from him. They, they Listen, he's going to, if unless he takes like the vet, the Cam Newton vet minimum that he got this year, I don't see them keeping him. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with the Bucks, but here's my main question for you moving forward with the Bucks. I think we did a good job with this one. It's really short and simple, but the fact that Redskins were able to keep it close and Heineke did really impresses me, and he definitely deserves a shot to start, and he has to be the takeaway for the football team, of course. Mm-hmm. For the Bucks, uh, my takeaway has got to be um, how about. Hmm. Well, the run game, I guess, w- was pretty good despite no Rojo. But um, I'm gonna go with Brown. I think he's. My, I'm still gonna stick with Brown as a takeaway, even though he only had the two for fifty. I think you're gonna see him get going a little more. But it's just that this team's so deep. But there's just too many options. Cameron Break even showed up. But um, honestly, my question to you now is Rojo. What's gonna happen with him? Uh, I, you know what? He had a quad injury. It kind of flared up before the game. So they, you know what? They kept him out. But going forward, they had the success to be successful running the ball. They know Rojo. In this game, they're going to really need him, and Rojo will be in there. Yeah, the Bucks defense is actually here's my here's the right takeaway. Actually, the Bucks defense is going to have to play much better against the Saints if they want to win. That's it. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. So here's so let's go to the next game, and I'll have you start this. It's Baltimore and Tennessee. This was a fun one. This was a good old-fashioned smash-mouth football. The Ravens really stopped Derrick Henry. And that rush defense made a huge statement. Lamar Jackson shut all the haters up and won his first playoff game. That run he had was probably one of the best plays I've ever seen to tie the game up at 10. That was electric. That really was. I I think I might have put them seven. But regardless, you know what I'm talking about, obviously. That play was absolutely fantastic. And it really gave me flashes of Mike Vick, honestly. That's what I was thinking about when I saw him do that. Because yeah, that no. was that was tremendous. Absolutely. And oh, it was I was right. It did tie it up at 10. Yeah, no. Um, the one thing with the Ravens is you saw um Lamar Jackson throw the interception and we're all we're like, what's yeah, going that on? Yeah, that one play here? I was like, are we doing this again? Yeah, I even said I was like, really, they're gonna. This is what's gonna happen. Lamar Jackson can't win in the playoffs, and then you know what? He shut everybody up and just killed them with his legs, and that's what he, he, uh, he did. And you know what? Dobbins did really well. Gus Edwards is—they're starting to use him a lot. And Hollywood Brown is—you know what? Hollywood Brown. We talk about this. He was complaining a few weeks ago about never getting the ball. That's the only person that Lamar Jackson seems to throw to nowadays. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, the one thing I am very disappointed with the Titans because you know what? Derrick Henry, I thought he would go off, but they really limited him. This defense really took it personally last time they played. Remember stepping on in the 50-yard line, what the Titans did. It was disrespectful, and you saw Marcus Peters pick off Ryan Tannehill, and then they did it back to him. But That I'm was such dis- bad timing for that. I'm very disappointed with the Titans. I, th- I thought we would see a much better fight, but didn't I tell you that – uh? the secondary of the Titans was their weakness. Yeah. And Hollywood Brown exposed them. And of course, Malcolm Butler gets the pick. who I can't stand. Um, Lamar Jackson had over 300 yards all purpose under 200 throwing, but the 136 rushing 
J.K. Dobbins showed why Mark Ingram's inactive. And Gus Edwards, too. They both ran for, they both ran for 4.8 per carry. They don't need Ingram right now. The one thing I'll say with Baltimore, obviously Lamar Jackson is the takeaway. He took the monkey off his back. But one thing is they're going to have a problem because they don't have anyone to throw the ball to. Mm-hmm. Mark Andrews is still inconsistent, dropping balls, um, four catches for 41 yards. I think one of them was a breakup. One of them was a tough play because it almost got picked. But I need to see more from him because Hollywood Brown is not enough. And as they go further, they're going to need more options. They can't just run the ball, although against Buffalo, this might work because they can't stop the run. For the Titans, my takeaway is Derrick Henry disappointed, obviously, but I don't. it's not really on him. I feel like the Ravens just stopped him. I mean, they just did a good job. They got him right away. He couldn't get the yards after the contact. This one's on Tannehill. He didn't do enough. He didn't do enough. He came out hot, and I thought they were going to roll. But then he's after that first quarter, it really wasn't there. He just didn't have it. That last pick was awful. And now you're going to have to ask yourself, if you're the Titans, what is Tannehill without a good running game? Yeah, you know what? That's a very, very good point. And the one thing that I think uh, Ryan Tannehill signed that four-year, $118 million extension to win games like this. They Mm -hmm. went to the championship game last year, fell short to the Chiefs. But the one thing is this year they were one and done in the wild card game. That's not why they paid him this money. And you know what? I agree with you. Uh, Ryan Tannehill without it. You know what? He could throw the ball. And A.J. Brown is a stud. Corey Davis got hurt yesterday. But um, they need a little bit more consistency out of the quarterback position. But with Derrick Henry, yeah, they just stacked the box and he couldn't do anything. And he was getting very frustrated. Yeah, it was just a tough day for Henry. The Ravens' game plan was fantastic on defense. They did exactly what you have to do to beat the Titans. Absolutely, yeah. And I'll tell you this, my takeaway for the Ravens is, you know what, their defense. I think their defense really stepped up when they needed it to. And then going against the Bills, it's not going to be easy. And my takeaway from the Titans is, you know what, figure out the – I'm going to say this, figure out the secondary situation because that that's a weakness that they really need to clean up going forward. That's a good one, too. So, what do you uh, – so, you gave your takes, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. upset with this game. Okay, so, the last game of Wild Card Week, and this is going to be short and sweet, it was the Bears and the Saints. Oh, God, And all I mess. can tell you is this is – the Saints looked really good. Drew Brees looked not bad. Uh, Kamara had almost 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, Michael Thomas back is just a complete animal. And the Saints defense was ferocious against the Bears. And listen, the Bears stayed in it for a little bit. But, you know, Mitch Trubisky yeah. was making plays in the beginning. And Wims had a touchdown. He dropped it. But That was terrible. The one thing I am going to say about this is that the Bears are just, you know what, they got a good defense, but they're, the quarterback position needs to be addressed and will be addressed. And I could tell you this is Mitch Trubisky will not, and I repeat, will not be back as <laughs> the Bears quarter quarterback next year. And they will be looking elsewhere for a franchise quarterback. And I find it funny that they traded all the way up to pick number two and gave away all that capital for a guy who only played 10 games ever in college. It's just when we go back at that, it's embarrassing. <clears throat> it is. Hold on. When we go back at that, it's embarrassing, honestly. It's, it's a disgrace what they did. You passed on two quarterbacks that are 10 times better than him. Mahomes, okay, fine. No one knew. 
But why in the world did you look at the quarterbacks and you took 10 games from Trubisky and you ignored the body of work from Deshaun Watson that he went into win against the team he was an underdog against. In the last second, he beats them. He has four outstanding years at Clemson. And you just ignore that. And you're like, oh, we want Mitch Trubisky because he has size or something. Or like he has a better arm, they thought. Whatever stupidity it was that they thought was completely wrong. And I knew it at the time, too. I was banging the table for the Jets to get Watson. But that's besides the point now. Mitch is not good. That's the point now. And they do need to move on from him. And the way Matt Nagy coached this game was terrible. He needs to get fired, too. This team had no energy. They were embarrassing. They committed stupid penalties. They gave the Saints a million chances. They had them stop to get a field goal. Then they go off sides. They got drawn off two or three times. They had no urgency at all. I mean, where do I begin with this? It was just terrible. And then the play calling to end the half, I told my brother what was going to happen. I was like, it's 7-3. They had two timeouts in the two minutes. I'm like, watch. They're not going to try to push it. They're going to just go into the half because they want Mitch to make the big mistake. And obviously, it's exactly what they did. They played conservative. They were afraid. They played to lose the game, and that's what happened to them. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. And I just really have, and I'm going to be honest with you, I have, I just think that Matt Nagy, we've said it before. He needs he to get caught. To get caught is right. <laughs> and literally, he's just, he hasn't made this team better. Yeah, no. he has a record in – um with his overall record in the few years he's been the head coach, but it's what has he had to show for it? Nothing. And the quarterback position is just abysmal. And the thing going with this is the saints looked really good. The defense looked tremendous. My hat off to them, a takeaway, my takeaway for the saints is just uh, give it to Kamara and Latavius Murray and do these short intermediate passes for Michael Thomas and you're successful. But uh, with the bears, my takeaway Go get a quarterback, whoever the hell it is. Don't trade up. And if you're going to trade up in the draft again and do this nonsense again, <laughs> do it for somebody who's of significance. Oh, do it for somebody who's only played 10 games in his college career. Because it was we've seen glimpses of Mitch looking good, but it's ultimately bad. And my takeaway is go get a, go get a new head coach. And definitely go out and go get more weapons on offense because you're gonna lose Allen Robinson and go get a new quarterback. Yeah, Robinson's not staying for this mess. He he doesn't want to be there anymore. He said every he's he's a classy guy. He's like, oh, everything's on the table. I love Chicago. No, he's out. Goodbye. He's just he's he's being cordial. That's respect. I agree. Now there's something else in this game that's even the worst part about this game is the worst bad beat I've seen in quite some time. So the spread is 11 points for this game, mm-hmm. and of course. They actually get the touchdown as time expires because they don't call the timeout. So I'm thinking that they're going to kick the PAT and at least push, right? Nope. They go into the locker room. Time expires. Bet's lost. You lose by one point. And first of all, if they caught the touchdown or they didn't go off sides, none of this ever would have happened. That's a terrible bet, honestly. Like, bad beats right there. I mean, just got awful. For the Bears... First of all, how does Robinson only have six catches for 55 yards? That's the first problem here. And then um, I have another takeaway for the Bears. That's actually, no, that's it for the Bears. I don't need to say much more. The Saints, my takeaway is Harris. Where did this dude come from? Deontay Harris. Like He was all over the place. Seven catches for 83 yards. I think he was doing some work in the return game too. I mean, he only had 120 yards in the season. 
but then he does this. I mean, the Saints just find these guys all the time. Also, Michael Thomas is back. That's another big takeaway for the Saints. Oh, yeah. Michael Thomas looked, he looked very well. He, he was injured all year, and you know what wasn't himself? He finally got back to himself and looks as dominant as ever. One last thing for the Bears, my final takeaway is Khalil Mack really disappointed me. He yeah, didn't he, do much. You know? I mean, honest. I know the Saints game plan for him, but he's supposed to be a game wrecker. He wasn't, it wasn't there for him. And he had a down year too. But yeah, bottom line, change the coach, change the quarterback, and things will get better in Chicago. Yeah, and real quick with Khalil Mack, yeah, he's really uh, – you know what? He he produces in the regular season. He underperforms when he's in the postseason. You don't hear about him, like, wrecking games like um, like J.J. Watt used to do when they made the playoffs. Yeah, you know, that's a good point because he was pretty bad last year too, I think. Or No, they didn't make it last year. The year before, he wasn't great either when that game they lost when Parky missed the kick and all that. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a, a lot of – Things need to change in Chicago. You know, I would never want to move. He's got a big cap hit too. So, you know what? The, the, he still could play at a high level. But when they make the postseason, let's face it, they're not going to make the postseason for a while now. No, probably um, not. I They need to figure some stuff out, definitely. That, that team's got a lot of question marks. I agree 100%. So, I think we hit all the games. We did. We hit all the games. A crazy what super. A week it was. First time wild. ever. Super wild card weekend. I loved it all weekend with football. You didn't have to wait. It was all there waiting for you. And then later in this week, we're going to have the divisional rounds. This is crazy. Now it's getting down to the nitty gritty. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're going to do later in the week with football. You're right. It's going to be a crazy week. That was a fun recap. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff to break down. So I think we're just about set here. Give them our information. Get on out of here. What do you say? Absolutely. Let's do it. So take it away, bro. All right, so website, Grunt Talks MLB, as always. YouTube is Grunt Talks GT Sports. That's where our channel is. Oh, we also have to work in that video, brother. It's yes, divisional we week. We got to do that this week. So yes, we, we have will. a surprise we'll video coming yep. for everyone that will drop at least by Saturday. We'll see exactly when. We don't know right now. Um, and then if you want to find us on Twitter, we have the new Twitter, Grunt Talks NFL, which Bobby's doing a great job with. Thank you, brother. And, uh, you know, just following in the footsteps, keep trying to keep up with all your great baseball content. But, you know, like <laughs> oh, no, my Grunt Talks kind, NFL, man. I'm taking care of. We're all working together. Uh, my personal Twitter, Thompson81, personal Instagram, Bobby Thompson 81 We got a lot more to move forward to. Julian, thank you as always, brother. And, you know, we'll always be in touch. And everybody go watch the national championship game, Julian and I are yes, going uh, to be scouting. Invested. We're going to do some scouting reports for Fields. our teams. And all I'm going to say is roll tide. One last thing before we go, I got to finish the handles quickly, but um, yes, yes, okay. Do, yeah. So Instagram is grunt talks team. Still it's a Twitter and Insta are different now as we explained. And then my personal Twitter is Julian Guardi one. My personal Instagram is Julian Guardi 11, but Bobby, we're on opposite sides for the natty tonight because I want to see Justin Fields go crazy. All right. So I you know what? See him you know ball what? Out. I want to do this. You know what? I want to wager after oh, this. another one. Jesus. I'm going to, I'm going to text. Look, 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 look. <laughs> All right. I mean, we could do this for fun, but I need points. Cause you're a nine point favorite. Uh, well, you know what? After this, after we're done, <laughs> I'll text you and we'll figure it okay, out. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 